0: they win Megan the word of the Lord to you is this: though you've been forsaken by by many in times in your life and gone through tremendous difficulties and problems and trials you've gotten a hold of the one who will never forsake you and you've held on to his garment in the midst of challenges and, and, and obstacles and troubles and difficulties you've held on to him and he's healed you and he's raised you up to be a spokesman for him and you know certainly it is and you will have opportunities again to speak to my people, says the Lord. And you'll speak in a public public marketplace type pulpit. I'm going to elevate you. I've given you like a Deborah anointing. You're a Deborah. You're part of the companies of Deborah. And there's even political anointing upon your life to minister and to stand in political places to make a difference, to stand between life and death for my people, even in this land of Alaska. And I'm going to use you to touch the hearts of young people. I'm going to turn their hearts towards me and turn their hearts towards their parents. I'm going to use you as a a javelin launched right in the place to break the curse. I've called you and many others, but you know it for certain. I confirm to you this day by the word of the Lord that I'm going to put my words in your mouth even as I did on that day. And don't be afraid and don't be discouraged or don't be moved by their faces or even as it says in Jeremiah, don't consider your youth for I'm going to use you even as a prophetic voice in the marketplace to bring forth my truth to turn the hearts of my people and to heal people, to raise them up for my glory, says the Lord. Be sensitive to the decisions you have before you. Pray through, just like you did on this on this contest. Pray through, and I'll guide you, and you won't make a mistake. Let the peace lead you. Hallelujah. And I'm sure to come. Heavenly Father, bless this returning of the tithe unto you. Bonuses, raises, promotions, inheritances—all the blessing of Deuteronomy 28. The blessings of Abraham come upon your people. Overtake them. Houses that we didn't build, vineyards that we didn't plant. Blessed in the city, blessed in the field. We'll give you all the praise. In Jesus' name. Amen. Ushers go right in. Take your Bibles. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15, verse uh, 21 through 25. We'll read the word of the Lord. Uh, While you're turning there, would you all stand up with us? That's just a custom we have. If you're not able to, I understand. Let's all stand for the reading. We're in Matthew 15:21. You all there? Say Amen. amen. Alright, let's read. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to Him crying out, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is suffering, suffering terribly from demon possession. She said, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And Jesus answered, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for what you're going to do. If you have the freedom to pray in the Spirit, just go ahead and do it now. Move in power. Touch us, God, for your glory. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I wanted to uh, testify uh, before we get into the message that I had the opportunity of sitting down with some community leaders this past week with my wife. We had uh, had somebody watch the kids, and and uh, we sat down and had a meal. And in the course of the meal, my wife says, she says, you know, Danny and I were outside and we saw, we saw some buds on the trees. And I just said, no, you might have been hallucinating because there's no buds on the trees. If you think spring is here, it's not. Okay, Just telling me, all right, this might be your first winter or something, so this is not breakup. It's coming back. All right. How many of you know what I'm talking about? All right, good. Hallelujah, love Alaska. But I got a text uh, shortly thereafter. Or it might have been the next morning, and they said, "Pastor, there are buds on our trees at our house." And I thought that's amazing. And we were joking during that lunch, and we said, "You know what? Maybe it's maybe there's just buds at my house because." Because Aaron's rod budded, and it's just the glory. Look, I believe the glory of the Lord rests on my home. I believe God's presence on my home, on my property. On it, come on, I just believe that way. Anybody else believe that way? But there are, there's those pussy willow things. They're busting out. Did you see that? Did anybody see that? I think it's a sign from God. I'm gonna take anything as a sign. How about you? Woo! Revival. Thank you, Jesus. We ought to call the transformations people and say, "Hey, we've got our trees are budding in the middle of winter." This passage of scripture is a, uh, a powerful one. I remember reading it for the first time many years ago and thought, "Jesus called that girl a dog," and it really it amazed me. The Bible says not to be ignorant of Satan's devices. He has strategies of how to mess you up. He knows how to get you to stumble or try to. And the scriptures say, don't be ignorant of Satan's schemes. And oftentimes we are ignorant. One of the main schemes that the enemy uses is offense. This woman had the opportunity to get offended. I mean, if anybody had an opportunity to get offended at Jesus, I mean, this would be a good one. He doesn't answer her a word if you look at verse 23. Jesus didn't answer. You ever talk to somebody and they don't even look at you? They don't even turn to you to say what? They call your name and they call your name and they call your name and they're just... Anybody had service like that? I remember going to Molokai. And I think I was one of the only white guys on the island of Molokai. I mostly Hawaiian. And uh, I'm sure I wasn't, but it felt that way. I certainly was the only white guy in my church, and I was the pastor. And uh, it was great. It was awesome. Uh, but a very different culture. It's, uh, it's very different. And I sort of went there with a, what they call a Howley mentality, just uh, kind, of, kind of, I don't know how to say it, just west coast, if you would. Just, you know, give me my stuff, you know, and try to get things done quickly. You, you never get things done quickly in the heart of Polynesia. It's, it's, it's take it easy, bro. Right? Slow down, right? And so I remember going to get my driver's license, and I have started to figure it out. I started to figure that if I, you know, really am demanding and want to rush when I'm dealing with people in stores, that they not only get offended, but things go really slow. And so I had had people, when I get to the counter, and they're sitting there, and I want to order my Spam Mosa B or... You know, whatever. And they'd sit there and they'd look at you. I mean, they're the one that's supposed to stand up and serve you, you know. And you're like, Hi, I want some. I go, oh, yeah. Okay. And they just sort of sit there. And I'd be like, And then they'd be like, Look at their magazine again. Or whatever they were doing. And I'd, I'd get offended. So I went into the DMV, the Department of Motor Vehicles, to get to buy a, a new driver's license or something, register my car, I forget what it was. And uh, I went in, and I'm in a big rush. And I, well, I'm went the only person in there, and this lady's sitting down. And I walked in, and I said, Hi, yeah, uh, can you help me? I need to register my car. She did not even look up. And she just didn't even look up. She just, And I thought, well, maybe she didn't hear me. Excuse me, I need to register my car. I'm kind of in a rush. I didn't get, I didn't get a word didn't say one thing. I thought, "How stinking rude. Prejudiced. And I sat there and I felt like the Lord said, you need to slow down. You will not be able to get anything done doing what you're doing like you're doing it. Slow down. And so I just slowed down and I sat there and I leaned on the counter for a while. And I hummed a little song and I picked my fingernails. And eventually, the lady stands up and she comes to the comes to the counter and says, "How's it?" I said, "How's it?" And so I just kept picking my nails. I said, "Oh, hot outside, huh?" She goes, "Yeah, hot." And she says, "You need some help?" I said, "Oh." Small kind need some help. Can my, my car? Can I need? Do you know how to do this? Oh sure. And then she went help me. But I was real offended for a while, and it was difficult to get things done in that place of offense. They had a different operating mode there than they do in in those parts of our country. One of the most important weapons that the enemy has is offense. Has anybody ever been offended? I mean ticked off. You know what I mean like mad somebody did something to you and you're bent. You've gone tilt. Oftentimes we don't even know that we've offended somebody. I have been used powerfully in the area of offense in other people's lives. Oh, and I know some of your guys' story. You have too. (laughs) Come on, some people are just, they're like, you know, 30 grit sandpaper, man. You just, you know, they just can be irritating, right? Is is that just, is that my experience? You all know what I'm talking about? The people that, they're just rough around the edges. And honestly, I think for a good portion of my life, I've been rough around the edges also and been, a, been a, a real tool to offend people. Now, now Jesus spoke words that offended. How many of you ever been offended by God? Oh, you're not going to raise your hand on that one, huh? Well, He knows. You'll stand before Him on the day. How many of you ever been offended by God? Yeah, He didn't do something when you thought He should do it. He didn't release the thing when you thought He should release it. And there you are, and you're just like... You know better, of course, because you know how planets spin around and don't crash into each other. You know how He creates light, of course. Amen.
1: Yeah.
0: He's God, And yet we can get offended at Him. But Jesus did speak words that offend. And um, I've had people that get offended here at the church over us praying in tongues. I've had people get offended because we teach on offering. And tithes and offerings and giving. And honestly, that was probably the biggest offense. Well, both of those things offended me significantly when I first came to this church. This is a church I really got saved in, raised up in. First thing I remember coming into our church years and years ago, I walked in the back. Some guy dragged me. I was going to some other church. He said, you need to come check this place out. We walked in the back. It was a sea of people all praying in the Holy Spirit. And when I walked in, I saw people jumping up and down and singing. And I mean, I just saw this Holy Spirit mayhem. And as I looked around in the back, I thought, these people are crazy, man. They've lost their... What is that? Oh God, that's You. And I knew enough to know the the presence of the Lord. And as I looked out and saw people praying in the Spirit, it was weird to me. I'm thinking, this is weird. This is weird. I'm in the back. And I could not deny. Couldn't deny the fact that God was there. His presence. His power. We call it the anointing. The presence of God. The power of God. As I stood at the back, I heard the last five minutes of a message that Dr. Morocco preached on generational curses. And I perked up because I never heard anything like that before. All I heard was on John 3.16 and some other things. You know, praise God, I heard Jesus Christ was preached and lifted up, but I never heard some depth. I never heard meat, really, in the Word. He preached on generational sin and iniquity and breaking the curse. And I was at the back going, holy cow, that's what I got on my life right there, what he's talking about, because nothing else could line up with what I was walking through. He said, if you want the curse broken off of you, I was in a dead run before he finished the altar call, and I wasn't even like a Pentecostal guy. I think I became a Pentecostal guy shortly shortly thereafter. A few minutes later... The altar was flooded with people. Forget Make a nice clean row. It was a sea of people at the front. And I remember doctor coming across and praying for somebody. And I remember him looking at me and he reached over somebody and put his big baseball mitt of a hand on my head. And the power of God hit me and I, and I went down. But God will many times offend the mind to reveal the heart. If you turn to Second Corinthians chapter 10, turn there please. Hey! Yeah! 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 Yeah!
1: Yeah! Have you been offended yet? Hallelujah! Hmm.
0: You know what the Greek word for offense is? Scandalon. I've taught you this before. Have any of you uh, uh, tried to catch a rabbit or anything with a box and a stick? Hold the box up. Huh? I did that when I was a kid. I used to try to catch little rodents and animals with a box and a string tied to a stick. And then when the rodent would go under to get the cheese, you pull the string and the stick comes down and hopefully falls on the on the animal and you catch it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah, we just shoot them in Alaska now, but you know, anyway, don't ever shoot something you're not going to eat. We have had squirrel at my house. Anyway, the, the scandalon is, is the stick that holds up the trap. It's the stick. A fence is a trap. That's the word in the Greek. Are you all there? 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. Now that, there's a couple of things that tells you. It tells you, one, you're in the world just in case you forgot. Two, tells you that you're in a war. Uh, and we have weapons, but not like the world. It goes on to tell us what our, about our weapons. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. So they're not tanks. They're not bullets. They're not bombs. On the contrary. They have divine power. Everybody say divine power. How many of you know God can wipe out a city or wipe out an army and has in history? Come on, right? We've no, got a divine power. is bigger than any kind of military power. In fact, there will come a time where the army the military will unite to fight against God. God wins. On the contrary, they have divine power. Say it again, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Here's what this means. Pretension, arguments, thoughts. We have divine power. We have the Word, we have the Holy Spirit to tear down thinking that we may have that is contrary to God's Word. That's what a stronghold is. A stronghold is a mindset that's contrary to the Word of God. And many times offenses will reveal strongholds. So in other words, if you find yourself getting offended, it could very possibly be that you have a wounded place where you're being offended. Now the hard, the, the, the people that, that offend me the most, honestly, is my own family. And we work it out. But how many of you know your husband can offend the wife, right? How many of you know the wife can offend the husband? How many of you ever been offended at your kids? Hmm. Uh-huh. Preaching now. Yeah, those that are closest to you are really the, those that really we have the hardest time. They can hurt us the most. Those that are the closest to us. But if you find yourself getting offended. You really need to examine why and take a look at why it is that you've gotten angry or upset or offended. There's certain structures or things that need to be torn down or maybe you need to be healed. Now many of those things trace back to your, your root relationships, or your, your what's called your primary relationships, your mother and your father. And when you have an offense that's carried through your life with them and that doesn't get healed, then you'll find, you'll find it's like a sore thumb. I went skiing a while back uh, during my anniversary, and as I was blasting down some double black diamond, I, and I was, it was just a single black diamond. it wasn't. Really, my pole got stuck and jammed my thumb. Well, I was just snapping my fingers, and it's still not 100 percent. I, I really sprained it pretty good. That's the way it is with issues of your heart. You know, I I can't just grab something and torque it over because my thumb's not quite there yet. Some of you have a some of you have a a sprained heart, a place in your heart, and so when you run into somebody that bumps you, just right. "Ah!" How many of you ever saw that movie? What's the that's the Hobbit or whatever it is that? You know, there's somebody. They got they got something of yours, my precious, my precious. And then all of a sudden you're like, it's mine. (laughs) Man, I remember the first time I saw that. It was like, whoa, Jack's got a demon. Oh. I've seen that before on the island of Molokai too. All right, look. Not in Alaska, really. We have more dignified demons here. They fold their hands and... This is a fantastic passage of Scripture on how to overcome offense. I mean, this lady had an opportunity to be offended. Paul tells us in his writings that we need to be sensitive so that we don't offend people. And, and I, I have asked God to help me in my delivery and the way that I preach. I'm just, you know, it's just naturally offensive. So I had to sort of learn to be more gracious and I'm still learning. God help me to do that. But we've got to ask God to reveal to us how we affect others. Some of, you, some of you hurt a lot of people. I mean, everywhere you go around, you hurt people because you talk hard or fast or sharp or angry, not sensitive to what other people are going through. and We don't ever want to be that way. And, and so we really need to ask God to reveal to us that he would show us that we could take action in our lives to change that which might be offensive to people Come on, if you're offending people all the time, you're going to have a hard time winning people for Christ. I mean, what kind of... Well, well, how would that... Come on, where's the love of God there? All right, how do, we, how do we overcome offense in our lives? This Syrophoenician woman could have taken offense, but she chose not to. She what? She chose not to. That really is the first thing. If you're, if you're dealing with an offensive situation, it's a choice to be offended and a choice not to. I recall being in ministry situations with Dr. Morocco, going through very frustrating circumstances, and I remember him saying, Pastor Daniel, I said, yes. He says, we're not going to be frustrated. We're not going to be frustrated. I will not be frustrated. And I realized he wasn't so much telling me we're not going to be frustrated. He was making a declaration of faith. Because he was frustrated, and he was making a declaration, I will not get frustrated. I will not get frustrated. I will not. We will not get frustrated. And he, I watched him let it go. And I learned a lot in that meeting. It's a choice to get frustrated. It's a choice to lose your cool. It's a choice. Come on. It's a choice to get offended at people. Well, you don't know what they did to me. You don't, Look, what they did to Jesus. That's how you look at that. You realize what they did to Him. He didn't do anything and they crucified Him. Mistreatment comes to all of us. This Syrophoenician chose not to. She was insulted by Jesus, and two two times. First of all, Jesus didn't answer her a word. And then the second time, he calls her a dog. And then the, the third time, she's insulted really by by those who were his disciples. So it's like Minister Alex, let's say, let's say Minister Alex is a Syrophoenician dude. So we're talking amongst ourselves. And so they say, So here's here's a person who Jesus didn't answer, and then Jesus basically had called him a dog just after this. But they say, Would you would you please just tell her to go away? Tell him to go away. She's right there. It's not everybody, everybody talk to you, talk about you while you're standing there? Am I the only one? You know what I'm talking about? Oh, tell him to go away. She was offended, could have been offended by Jesus, insulted, could have been offended by the disciples. She was called a dog. Really. Which is packed with revelation, that particular verse, and I'll tell you why. Look at it with me. Look at verse 26. She she again comes in verse 25, kneels before Him and says, Lord, help me. Verse 26, He, being Jesus, replies, it is not right to take children's bread and toss it to their dogs. Syrophoenician, you need to understand that she was a Gentile woman. She was not a Jew. And He says, I've come for the lost sheep of Israel. But what is here in this text of Scripture... That's profound. What does she come to Jesus for? She came so that her daughter would be delivered from demon possession. So she's petitioning and asking Jesus to deliver her daughter. And His response, when He finally does respond, is that healing, the right to take the children's bread. Healing is the children's bread. Forget it. I'm going over here. In other words, deliverance and healing that comes is that which is promised to the children. Talking of the children of Israel, but in a larger context, when we get grafted in because we believe in Jesus and we repent of our sin and we ask Him to come into our life, we become His child to as many as believed in Him, they became the children of God. Has anybody believed in Him? You believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. So you get grafted in by believing on Jesus, repenting of your sins. Right? Right. A promise for you is healing. This is just another healing scripture that you might not have seen before. By His stripes we're healed. Come on, bruised for our transgressions. Pierced for our transgressions. Bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement, they brought us pieces upon Him. Isaiah 53. The point is, is that Jesus says, hey, I've delivered people. People get delivered from demons all the time. Healing's not a problem for the children, but it's not time for that now. You're still part of the dogs. Because the Gentiles were not grafted in at that time. Jesus had not died on a cross and rose again from the grave yet. But He would come to do that. To defeat hell, death, and the grave. He came that He might destroy the works of the devil. He came to heal. He came to set the captives free. He came to bring liberty to those that are bruised in bondage, open the prison doors, recovery of sight to the blind. It is a right that you have. It's a covenant right is what he's talking about. It's a covenant right that deliverance is for you. Healing is for you. It's a covenant right. So he says healing is the children's bread, but I toss it to the dogs. And She comes back and says, yes, but even the dogs eat from the master's table crumbs. She made a choice to not be offended. Because her belief, I believe in God, she knew that God was a good God. Come on, God is a good she believed that God could turn it for good. She believed that even though it might not be her timing, look, you wait on, you wait on Jesus and it can become His timing. Come on, do you, remember, do you remember the wedding at Cana in Galilee? So Jesus says to His mother, they run out of wine, and Jesus says to His mother, it's not my time. And she says to the servants, do whatever He tells you, and she walks away. And Jesus tells them to go take these stone water jars and fill them full of water to the brim and carry them to the master of the banquet, which as servants bringing water... I mean, it was a real act of faith for them to do that. You've got to know that. I mean, they could have been in big trouble bringing these jars of water. But it turned into wine as they brought it. And then it says that the last verse of that story, the wedding of Cain in Galilee, and thus He revealed His glory. And His disciples put their faith in Him. You wait on God. You move above the offense. Don't worry about the timing that you think it should be. Trust Him. Do whatever He says. Believe God. If you have been denied in the certain circumstances that you're in, just trust God to bring about the timing and wait on Him. And He will take the common and He'll turn it into the glorious. He'll take the water and He'll turn it into wine. And don't be offended at the timing of God. Trust Him with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge Him in all your ways and He'll make your paths straight. That's what God does. But offense will rob you. It'll suspend you in time. You'll be frozen. You'll be the frozen chosen. When you're offended, you get suspended. When you're offended, you are not going to move forward in the plan of God at all. At all. Pretty much. I mean, it really hinders what God wants to do. This woman overcame because she made a choice. She didn't allow her offense to rob her from her miracles. You see, her, her desire for the miracle for her child was stronger than anything anybody could do to her. I've told the story many times about my children being born and how I had to I learned to pray. There's many you know, I don't know why it is, but the Lord you know, He's teaching us to rule and reign. This is just a seventy or eighty year internship. Hello? You're in an internship. And and we're, he's teaching us to rule and reign in the millennium with him. This is, this is not it. This is training. I've told the story of my daughter being born, and we had born on my birthday. My birthday is 7-1-1966. I'm 45 years old. She was born on 7-1-1999. It was a sign from God to me saying, Son, I'm restoring everything. She had already told me so many times, but it was a real sign that my daughter would be born on my birthday. So we celebrate our birthdays together. When she was born, she had her lungs were wet. In other words, her lungs weren't fully developed yet, and so she started having difficulty. They fed her. Uh, they fed her, overfed her, from what I'm told. They overfed her, I and mean, they gave her like a whole. She had some low blood sugar and different things happening. They had fed her a whole baby, you know, like a whole bottle put a whole bunch of fluid on her, and then had lungs that couldn't quite put it together and caused her to go into heart failure. So while my daughter's going into heart failure, they're having donuts at at the nurse's station. I'm the one that discovered her going flatline, and I lost my mind. They've had to pull me in a room and tell me to calm down. Calm down, Mr. Bracken. I say, do your stinking job! There was a wrong guy to mess with. You mess with my kids, you get a problem. Might not be saved on that day. We'll just ask for forgiveness. Hallelujah. <laughs> Come on, how many of you know what I'm talking about, right? I mean, don't mess with my kids. Don't mess with your kids. This lady's daughter has got demon possession. She was desperate desperation will cause you to do anything. and will make you look like a fool in the face of your peers in order to be embraced by the arms of your master to get a breakthrough and to get a miracle. She was desperate. Desperate. Call her a dog, spit on her, do whatever. Just heal my daughter. And for me, when my child, Hannah, went through flatline and all of a sudden there's was this massive emergency and they realized they need to intubate her to help her to breathe, they tried to intubate her for 40 minutes, all the way causing her heart to race, my little daughter arcing off the, the, the table of the procedure room with a nurse on each limb. And the doctor trying to get this tube down her throat, I got to watch the whole thing through a slat. They wouldn't let me in, obviously. There was a, The blinds were jacked just a little bit on one side. You know those Venetian blinds? And I got to pray in tongues looking through a, a, a slot this big. <laughs> Come on, God! Finally, at about 30, I don't know. Well, I remember the Lord said, give him 10 more minutes. Because at... at I watched her arc off the table, which was like the eighth time. I watched her heart rate go to almost explode, and they would calm her down. I watched that so many times, I just couldn't take it. Not one. I figured, if you can't do it, I can. God's going to do a miracle. Give me my baby. You know what I'm talking about? Our first child. And when I saw that last time, I said, that's it. And the Lord spoke to me. might have been audibly, but shut me up and said, ten more minutes, son. You pray 10 more minutes. 10 more minutes was like, whatever, that's eternity. I prayed for 10 minutes. Over and over and over, they tried to intubate. Tried to get this tube down my daughter's throat. Over and over and over, her heart rate racing to the point where they would just take a break and let her calm down. Nine minutes and like 30 seconds. No lie. I mean, I'm watching the clock. I'm praying and praying and praying. Nine minutes, 30 seconds, the guy gets the tube in. And the doctor, when that happened, he lifted both hands. And I fell over. I I, I kind of was just coming to... I mean, I fell out. I fell out in the Holy Ghost. And exhaustion, pure exhaustion of pouring out and breaking. This woman understood, not not unlike that, understood that if God didn't come through, then her daughter was going to be demon-possessed and maybe worse things would happen and she would die. By overcoming her offense, she got her miracle. Now let me just say this to you, and I've learned this over the years, and if you've walked with God for any duration of time, you'll understand that the enemy will throw an offense at you right before you're in the middle of a miracle. Right before your breakthrough. Right before you're going to come to the other side and get deliverance. Come to the other side and get provision. Right before you're going to bust out into what God said you could have. Wham! This offense comes. Will you be offended or will you choose to be like the sire Phoenician that just said, man, God's good. I'm a push beyond that. ain't going to move me. I need my miracle too big. Get out of the way. Whatever. Uh Uh-huh. You don't like me? I love you. God bless you. You just keep going. Are you offended this morning? Maybe I offended you while I was speaking.
1: Maybe the sound was too loud.
0: Maybe it was too soft. Maybe you didn't like the set of songs that they selected for song service. Maybe you're offended at God because you went through a divorce. Why couldn't He turn your heart of your husband? God can do anything. Why didn't He do it? You want to know? Who wants to know the answer to that question? We'd like to know because man has a free will and you have to choose and though he might have his desire is to touch and to save and to heal and deliver it's never his will to die it's never it's, it's never his will for death and for destruction and, dis, and 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 divorce it's always his will to heal but he has to deal with the likes of us who have a free will you see love is not made in a vacuum vacuum ladies and gentlemen So you choose to love God and you choose to get over the offense. Or you can stay suspended, frozen in your walk and in time with God because you're offended that He didn't heal your mom or do the thing that you thought He should have done. I don't understand why things happen either. I've resolved this. God is good. Don't understand it all. Come on, put your hands together. God's good. Come on, somebody say God's good. Yes, He is. And you might not have it all figured out, and I certainly don't. But if you'll hold that as a standard in your heart, that God is good and He knows what He's doing, and you just trust Him, and as far as it depends on you, you live at peace with all men, and you love Him with all your heart, and you do your level best to to do the right thing, and if people don't like it, who cares? Dr. Morocco has a statement. Always do the right thing. Always do the right thing. If people don't like it, they can stick it. Sometimes the enemy will use people because they get angry and they get easily offended. These are ones that are usually in your family or somebody you relate with on an ongoing basis, and they use that anger and they use that offense and that controlling spirit to get you to do what they they want you to do. I'm going to tell you something: the spirit of control is a wicked thing, and it and it really is uh, it's witchcraft, ladies and gentlemen. You're trying to manipulate people because you get so angry. They get so angry at you. God forbid that you would say, I'm going to do this thing because they just blow their stack and just spray all over the room. So you're terrified because of their anger that they have. Do the right thing. And don't be moved by somebody's anger. You know, you it, it might do you well to not be in a relationship with somebody like that. Listen, listen, folks, I, I, I've got boundaries in my life. It's taken me a while to figure it out, but I, I keep my house, I keep my marriage, I keep my kids, I, I, I keep ourselves under the grace of God. Now, there are people that are walking soap operas. Do you know what I'm talking about? They, they just, I mean, it's just like, it is just days of our lives every day. And really, it's a product of the curse. Now, it really is. We want to love people like that. We're going to help them. We're going to disciple them. The hell will freeze before I bring that under my roof and let that thing up up in my house. Come on, smile at me. Some of you need to have some boundaries, of people. Some of you need to put some boundaries. I'm not having anybody run over my stuff, break my things that God has called me to be a steward over. I don't even if they were my family. I know my family's not doing that now. In fact, our family was horrible in it. It was me. So I got delivered, and after that, we don't really have the problem. I was the one that was taking everybody's stuff. i got to say, hallelujah. Now we give. Thank you, Jesus. I think we're helping somebody today. Come on, you got to be above offense. And, and there are times when you need to remove people from your life. And I've said this. I've said this to people. I've said this people that I dearly love. These are the rules. This is my house. This is what's going to happen in my house. And I love you and you can stay if you do that. If you don't, you may not stay here. Are you telling me I can't stay here? If you to break the rules, that's exactly what I'm telling you. Huh? How many of you think you should have somebody running roughshod all over you, eating all your food, taking all your stuff? Come on. Quit being codependent for the love of God. Let people stand up. Sometimes tough love is a great thing. And sometimes people use tough love because they don't have the other part either. You need to really love people deeply from the heart. This woman got her miracle because she was not offended, she was able to get over a fence. She received a miracle. Are you offended today? Let me throw in one more thing before we close. Many times, we can be offended because of a loved one of ours is offended. Someone that we're really close to us, they get offended, and we take up their offense. In other words, such and such happened to so and so, who's your really close friend. So you're just equally as ticked off and offended as they are because that was your close friend that that happened to. I've seen this happen. People get offended like that. Vicarious offense. And then it actually wasn't even true. Hello? Can I just help you? Let me save you a lot of pain. You hear something about somebody, somebody says something to you, whatever. It's usually gossip, and sometimes intercessors in the name of prayer, gossip. Not in this house, I pray in Jesus' name. But I've seen people, we need to really pray for them. Oh, they're in a world of hurt. Oh, I saw him riding with that young lady. We need to pray for him, Pastor Vince. <laughs> Do you know who it was, by the way? Let's pray. Sometimes you can be offended of what happened to somebody else. If that ever takes place, you confront the person. Hello. In love, you who are spiritual. If you're not, then just be quiet and get over it. Hello, you who are spiritual, restore such a one. If you're not, you're just going to cause more of a problem. Did you say to my (laughs) friend, Right? This woman received her miracle, never even had a healing line. I didn't even think the demon-possessed girl was even there. I think that he was just standing there by the fact that she had great faith. She says, Jesus was like, woman, you have great faith. That instant, her daughter was delivered. Before your miracle, oftentimes comes offense. Don't let it put you under the trap, the scandal on. Don't don't be trapped by offense. Don't be trapped by somebody chapping your hide. Just get over it. Forgive him. Move on. God is good. He'll work it out. He'll form it. He's forming and perfecting everything concerning you. Trust Him. Come on, somebody say, I trust Him. I trust Him to work it out. Come on, say it again. I trust him to work it out. And if things aren't right and you've been mistreated, we'll just consider it great joy. For in the same way the prophets of old have been mistreated who went before you. They were persecuted. Consider yourself blessed. Well, isn't that a different mentality? Yeah, that's the gospel, man. That's the Jesus way. Amen? Did you get something this morning? Put your hands together for Jesus. Come on, stand up. Come on, stand up on your feet. Heavenly Father, before you today, I realize that there may be a few people, whether online, listening by podcast, or in the congregation, here at 1701 North Lucille Street. we ask now for grace. So, Pastor, you don't know what you don't know, what they did to me. No, I don't. But I know what they did to Him. I know what they did to Jesus. And you just have to match your offense up with the finished work of the cross and let it go. Some of you have unforgiveness today. There's a miracle on the other side of your offense if you let it go. You say, Pastor, that's that's me. I've been offended at some stuff. I want to let it go today. Anybody out there? Come on. You've been struggling with some things that have happened. Might even be from your childhood, your spouse, or your, your, your employer you're out there you say that's me I'm going to let go of some offense I'm going to let it go today I'm going to choose to forgive I'm going to let it go yourself free from the snare Of mistreatment, he knows the offense, and things that have taken place. And if you'll just trust him and not let it, not let it rob you, and we'll move forward into breakthrough and miracle, I believe that God wants to release miracles in families. You've got to, you got to forgive. You don't stay offended. Some of you need to get on the phone today. Get on the phone today and call that person. Say you know something? Would you please forgive me? I was mad at you. Even if they did something wrong, ask them to forgive you. I was offended at you, and they might say, "You know what? I was waiting for you to call." I don't know what they're going to say. Just before God, some of you need to take some steps of faith. I will say tell you what'll happen. You'll see a release of the power of God and the grace of God come to your life. Come on, this is this is just part of living the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah, this is what we do. This is a different a different way of living. it's it's, it's kingdom living. You might have every right to be offended and mad. But realize that Jesus took that on the cross just for you and me. Amen? Alright, I'm just going to break a fence off of you. Father, in Jesus' name, this assignment, this scheme of Satan that would try to bring a wounding to your people and a limiting of the moving of your power. Offense. This weapon of the enemy. I pray you break it now. Break it for those that are online. Break them free right now. There's people being set free. Break the offense right now. Come on, if you're offended, just just let it go. Just before God, say, I'll just let it it go right now. Come on, let him go. Let it go. Let it go.
1: Let it go. Hallelujah!
0: There are those in here, you've got no boundaries in your life, and you wonder why there's so much upset and turmoil. Time to put up a fence. (laughs) Time to build one. I got a word of the Lord many years ago from Ivan Tate. He pointed at me and he said, As Moses went up the mountain, and the Lord said, Build a fence around the mountain. And if anything tries to come over the fence and interrupt your time with me, kill it. And he said, Son, you're going to do that. You build a fence around your life. And I thought, Wow, that's a new concept. That's a word for somebody here. You need to set a fence around your quiet time with God. You need to set a fence around your holy time with your family. You need to set a fence. Now some of you are living in a fence and you need to get out too. It's good to have boundaries and it's good to have borders so that people don't take advantage of you. Hallelujah. Every head bowed, every eye closed if you don't know Jesus today. You want to give your heart to the Lord. You want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If that's you, you, want to receive Him for the first time or make a recommitment to Him, just slip your hand up right now. Slip your hand up if you want to get right with God. God bless you. God bless you. Let's pray this right out loud. Say, Dear Jesus, Thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for rising again from the grave. Forgive me of all my sin. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Be my Lord and Savior. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. I pray for you, Holy Spirit. Touch each and every one right now. Bless them. Strengthen them. Fill them full of Your Spirit. Use some power. For Lord, if we as a people would go through life knowing that You're a good God, trusting You. And though we might have seemingly been denied, delayed rather I should say, though we've seemingly been delayed, we've not been denied. And Your plan will be brought about in Your timing and in Your way. And we trust You. We trust your leadership. Come on, say that. God, I trust your leadership. Say it again. God, I trust your leadership. Work it all out. He's working it. Put your hands together for Jesus. Amen. Take your take the hand of the person to the right and the left of you. We're going to close in prayer this morning. So thankful you came to have fellowship here with the family at KC getting all together tonight at 6 o'clock. Pastor Vince Benson is going to be bringing forth the word. You don't want to miss that. All of you online folks, tune back in tonight at 6 o'clock Alaska time. Let's pray for each other. Heavenly Father, thank you for what you've done this morning. Bless your people, God. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them. Be gracious to them. Keep them and give them peace in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. We hope to see you tonight. Don't forget prophetic conference next Friday night Saturday morning, Saturday night it's
1: free and Sunday morning and Sunday night as well. Bless you.